Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And my name is Casey. Hello. Welcome in. Uh, We've got a fun one for you today, maybe one that will cause you to scream at your radio or phone or (laughs) house. Um, You know, we're we're, we're putting ourselves out there today. Um, But I I will say I enjoy these types of episodes because one of the things I love about Disney films is there's so many of them. And that means you do get a wide array of tastes that... Uh, you know, people like and don't like. And I think what this does is it makes me appreciate movies that people, all people love even more because a movie that's able to hit so many people and different types of people has to be amazing. But I also think there's a lot of movies out there. And honestly, I am a fan of one of them. As as many of you know, I put, I said on the pod, Emperor's New Groove is my favorite movie. But I am not, never, never going to argue that it is the best Disney movie. But it is my favorite. <laughs> well, you know, to your point too. And before we get into the topic, I think that Disney has a very unique challenge in front of it because the Disney is is a victim of its own success. I think is the best way to put this. Disney has always, always strived to produce high quality material. And by doing so, they have produced high-quality material more times than they have not produced high-quality material. But what ends up happening is is when they don't produce high-quality material, they get lambasted for it. They get, they, they get raked over the coals probably more so than any other um, a major movie company might, right? You know, um, I, 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 I have to say this. I, I saw somebody post on on Facebook the other day, it was in one of my, my Facebook groups, gay geeks or whatever. I can't remember what it is. And someone posted about the possibility that black widow was going to possibly get postponed again. And somebody posted, I just can't understand why Disney just doesn't release this on Disney plus. And, and my reaction, I didn't post this, but my reaction was, do you realize how much money they have invested in Black Widow. Releasing that on Disney Plus, while it would be a great gesture to the fans, it would tank any chance of any revenue. Yeah, there would be people who would pay the $30 or whatever for the, 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 the premium subscription, but they would never make the money they made up and all the and all the money they spent on that. And again, Disney has brought itself to the standard of high quality, high, high, you know, great movies whether it's action movies or, or animated movies but when they screw up it's all over the place you know what i mean yeah absolutely they i mean they they've set that standard high and that's not just with movies but that's with their experiences as well like they've set the standard high and so when stuff doesn't meet that standard yeah it, it, it's it's hard i mean it, i mean personally we have that like when you set a standard for yourself that is high it's more work to keep that standard high and that doesn't mean that it's bad by no means are we saying that high standards are bad it's good to have that i'm glad that disney has those high standards but yeah i mean it definitely is a makes it a difficult task for anything that they make so that kind of takes us to where we're at with this topic because this topic's a really interesting topic in that we're going to take movies that generally are viewed very positively and we're going to give our rationale on why we think the movie is o- 
overrated. So that's why we say when we're putting ourselves out there in that these may be your favorites. And for us, they fall flat. So, um, Matt, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll start. So then the last thing that the listeners hear is your uh, oh, pick and, right. and, they, and they'll remember yours. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. I see how it is, buddy. All right. No, I, I, I'm fine to go first. Um, uh, I don't have nefarious reasons. Uh, so I'll set it up like this. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod. I probably have. But my, my wife and I, five or six years ago, decided we were going to watch all of the Walt Disney Animation Studios films, starting with Snow White and ending at that point. It was Wreck-It Ralph 2. Now Frozen 2 is what ends it. Um, so this is just theatrical releases. We watched them in chronological order, something like, you know, 50 to 50 to 60 films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I a, a highly recommend that you do this. It's a really great time. And, and the reason for that is one, I saw some movies that I had never seen. Now I knew the plots, I knew the characters, but I just never actually had sat down and watched the movie. A perfect example of this was 101 Dalmatians. I had never seen 101 Dalmatians until like three years ago. Really? But, Interesting. Yeah, but I, but I knew, I mean, obviously I knew Cruella de Vil, I knew Pongo, and it, like I, I knew the story. It was not like I was unfamiliar of like, what's this movie? 101 yeah. Dalmatians. Oh my gosh, this is delightful. Uh, you know, I, I knew what went on, but I just never had sat down. So that was that was interesting. But then also the other interesting thing was movies that going in, I was like, oh yeah, we're at this movie. And I'm watching it and I go, hmm, this Hmm, this is weirder than what I thought it was and not as good as what I remember when I was 10 or whatever age I was at. And this movie falls under that category. All right. So the movie that I think is overrated is the 1995 film Pocahontas. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Yes. So let me say, let me start with the thing that is not overrated. The music in this film is not overrated. Our top 10 villain songs episode uh, where I, I I said, you know, mine, 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 I believe was in the top five. You've got Just Around the Riverbend. You've got uh, uh, Colors of the Wind. I think that the Savages song is very good, like the dichotomy where both sides think that the other side is savage. Like, I, I think that's that's really, really good. But that buoys this movie. So the the, the movie is awkward. It's really awkward at times. And the most awkward part comes with the like weird romance between John Smith and Pocahontas Mm -hmm. where a, they try to do the, they recognize that Pocahontas wouldn't speak English. And so they like start this weird communication barrier where like, he doesn't know his saying. And then like some leaves fly by and all of a sudden now she can understand English. And you're like, wait a minute. What? Wait, what? Like what's going on? Like that's just one of those things that I wish they would have just taken out. But like you know what? They both understand English. This isn't historically accurate, but you're not watching this movie to learn history. It's a fun mm-hmm. film. And then it's I know that films, especially Disney ones, are very much have that like love at first sight thing. And in other ones, it didn't feel weird, but in this one, it does. And and uh, the best example I have of this, we just watched Cinderella with uh, with my daughter. 
And that is very much a like love at first sight type thing. Like the prince sees Cinderella wandering around and goes and dance with her and they fall in love in a matter of like 15 minutes, it seems like. But how that is set up in the film feels more natural. Even if you step back and go, they just met like 15 minutes ago. How are they in love? It still feels natural. This feels awkward and at times really creepy. Like that John Smith is a little bit of a creeper and Pocahontas is like going along with this. And I, it's, it's a, it's, it's very unnerving. I remember watching it about three years ago going like, this just feels wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I just feel weird. I, I don't know. Just the, 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 the characters are fine. Like, I don't think there's any other character that really rocks it out of the park. Well, I think that, Governor Radcliffe is a fine villain. I don't think he's a top tier. Oh my gosh, what a villainous guy. Uh, you know, Miko and and Flit the Hummingbird are, are wonderful animal sidekicks, but I, I, I don't know. It just, the movie just does not land for me. I've always thought that um, uh, Mel Gibson's voice coming out of John Smith's mouth was always weird. I don't know. It just, the voice doesn't fit who he looks like to me. You know how some voices look like the character? His voice does not look like John Smith. It just it's always it's always been weird for me. Um I'm with you. I've never personally been a fan of Pocahontas. I've seen it maybe two or three times maybe. Unlike you, I'm not a huge fan of the music. I do like Colors of the Wind. I've always enjoyed that one. The Dig 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 song, there's no disputing the fact that it's it's um a great villain song other than that i've never been a fan of the rest i'm just around the riverbend i literally hated hated that song when it would play at um at the disney store and that when we had that closing dvd it was on every night you probably remember me going around going i'm going just around the riverbend with how this song is playing because i was (laughs) so annoyed by it in that context it was weird the only reason that i think it is good is good in the context of the movie that you know she's She's it's kind of her discovering who she is type song. And she's going, you know, just around the ribbon. And then the song ends with, you know, do I choose the straightest course or do I choose my own thing? Should I choose the smoothest course? Steady as the beating drum. Should I marry Cocoaum? Is all my dreaming at an end? And it's there's one part of the river that's straight and there's one part of the river that's very windy and unknown. And she chooses the windy and unknown. And the the symbolism there is really great. But yeah, just at a Disney store on a Tuesday night at about 840, would you say was when that song came on? 840. Yeah, it was was, kind of weird. It was either before or after trashing the camp. It was it was after Trash in the Camp and before the Brother Bear song. Yes, because we were kind of narrowing in towards the end, and you know, when can I see you again? Uh-oh, that was the best uh-oh. song on that. On that I one. didn't. No, 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 no. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's true. That goes without saying. Oh so, come on now, come on. All right, so I'm with you, Pocahontas. Yeah, it. it, it I I totally agree. Overrated movie. Um, I'm about ready to get lambasted by our listener audience with, with my, my choice here. Um, because I have an absolute just dis 
disdain for this movie. And I know it's a huge, huge, huge um, fan favorite out there. I actually have two of them. I'll give you my runner up later. But um, the one that I'm going with that I think is I've never understood. I've never understood. First of all, why it's even in the Disney catalog. First of all, second (laughs) of all, just I've never understood the obsession with this. I just I don't I don't I don't get the cinematography of it. I don't get the animation style of it. I don't like the dark undertones of it. I've never liked the director at all. And that is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. I cannot stand this movie. I think it is criminally overrated. Um, It's just not a good storyline. It's boring. It's like watching a just an, a, an Italian opera for me. I, I just it, it literally it, it, and apparently it didn't it, it did. OK. I mean, it did 91 million against a, a budget of 26 million. Um, I love Danny Elfman. Don't get me wrong. I've always loved Danny Elfman and I love Catherine O'Hara, too. I just have never liked Tim Burton and his sense of the world. Um you know, sweet, whether it's Sweeney Todd or again, I think part of this goes back to, um, you know, him and Johnny Depp have worked together many, many times. And you know how much I don't like Johnny Depp. I, I wonder if part of the reason I don't like Johnny Depp as much is because I don't like Tim Burton and I don't like the animation style. It doesn't fit into me. It never has. Like, I, I just, I've never understood how Disney has laid claim to this. And I, I, yeah, I, I I know it's hugely popular. I know that um, I, I know that people love it in terms of you know they can watch it as a Halloween movie, they can watch it as a Christmas movie. They kind of have that whole season to put it out there. But the couple of times that I've put it in, I fall asleep at it. It's it's it doesn't have a um, a a compelling plot point for me. Okay, see, I think the shtick is funny. The idea of what would happen if a person who only knew Halloween tried to do Christmas. I think just that, if you were to pitch that to me as a movie, I'm like, yeah, okay. I I, I think that might be a good time. Um, I, I think this movie, I mean, you you know this from the Disney store. We, every, every October, I mean, really not October, way before October, it, it'd be august that we would start seeing the nightmare before christmas things and all of that not just amongst millennials because that's kind of who has caught on to this you know when this movie came out i know a lot of people um i remember in high school there were a lot of people that this was a really big connection to this movie And and i wonder if part of that was it comes out in a time where there's a bunch of like hit disney movies but the psychology of a lot of people is Disney is for kids. Whereas this movie comes out and Ooh, this is an edgier movie. It's got skeletons and monsters and, and that's not for kids. That's for an adult. And I'm an adult. I I think there's some of that, um, that when it came out, that was the psychology behind it. So, so there were a lot of like millennials that, that connected with this movie, but we had a lot of kids that would come in that say Jack Skellington is their favorite character and want a Jack Skellington action figure or the figurine mm-hmm. set with all the characters. It, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I, so I, I was surprised at that. I, I wonder if this is a movie that 
the aesthetic of it has caught on more than the actual movie. Does that well, make you know, sense? I think it absolutely does. And I think maybe that could very well be one of the reasons why I have a problem with the movie beyond just the Tim Burton. First of all, it's the Tim Burton aesthetic. That is his style. I am, we, we talked about this during the holidays. I am a Christmas traditionalist. I love Christmas. I love the joyous, the merry, the magic of Christmas. I feel like this almost robs the Christmas season of that to have that darker undertoned Christmas. And I, and I, and I think maybe that could just be a deep seated. I never liked that, that concept, you know? And, and I think maybe it's just deep seated in who I am. You know, I don't like the idea. Like here's another example. Like there's some, like um, a lot, a lot of times, you know, companies will release like horror movies that come out based around Christmas time. Oh my God. Like that just, frustrates me to know in like it's like the black christmas was one of them absolutely not no reason first of all, i'm not a horror movie in general but that like oh my god like don't mess with christmas in my book and and i'm wondering if maybe some of that is being reflective in my view of of this particular movie yeah and i also think this is a movie that if you didn't get into it when you were younger it's it, like it's not a movie again maybe i'm wrong but I don't think it's a movie that someone's watching for the first time at 45 and going, oh, this is my movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Or for the first time at 33, like when I saw it. I completely agree with you. Yeah, um, it, it is a quirky little movie. Um, I, I'm curious what your what your other one was. Let's just bring one, more more hate on to us. Yeah. The <laughs> other the other one that I'm that will probably land based me more, but I've said this before on the pod, so I don't know. People already know this. I think Lilo and Stitch is criminally overrated. I, I have never been a Lilo and Stitch fan. I've never been a Stitch fan. I don't understand the obsession with him. I don't know why he's up there with, with Mickey Mouse sales in terms of plot. I don't understand it. The movie is boring to me it has i i i i I appreciate the whole ohana means family and family means no one gets left behind okay i get that fine cool but ah i don't understand it it makes no sense to me he's not cute to me i don't i I don't i don't get i understand it conceptually in that (sighs) it's name another character that is like uh you know seen throughout the walt disney company that came out between 2000 and 2008. It's Stitch. That's it. There, yeah. There's no other character that, I mean, I'm not saying there's no other character. I mean, again, clearly my favorite movie has four of the best characters, um, but, um, but otherwise it's Stitch. So you had a, a, a group of people that grew up in the 2000s with Disney and Stitch was it. And I mean, and and it's the fandom is going so hard. You know, we we've talked about this on the on the show. And for those of you that aren't aware, for the for three years in a row, Disney has done a the Disney Store and ShopDisney.com have released a limited release plush with uh you know a pin set and and some other uh, collectible things. And it, it it kicked off with Mickey Mouse Memories, Mickey's 90th birthday. So there was Mickey through the decades. Then. They did a, a little less popular, but still really cute, honestly, Disney Wisdom Collection, which was Disney quotes. And so all the plush and everything was based around a quote. Then they hit a home run with Minnie Mouse, the main attraction, where they they put together 
Uh, well, they hit they hit a home run as best as they could in the year of COVID. Let's well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's be honest. I think the year of COVID messed that whole plan up. It went online, but yeah, you're right. It was very popular. I, but I, but I, yeah. But but I think that the the look of that collection was was just excellent. Oh, absolutely. And so they're continuing this on. And so this they just released the first one. It's St- Stitch invades your favorite movies. And I, I know this was a reference to the marketing campaign that they did uh, when this movie came out, where they like retcon scenes of of your classic movies, where like Stitch all of a sudden shows up, which I'll admit uh, makes me chuckle a little bit. you get your own movie but yeah i mean they're doing a full year now of stitch invades your favorite movies and and i'm sure it's going to be wildly successful yeah i i i just I get it. I get it. That's the whole point of it being overrated. Everyone else loves it while I absolutely don't or you don't. So <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I'll, I'll give another one. So, so we can, uh, you know, be on an even playing field here. And I'm pretty much just going to rehash like this. We did this, um, you know, your Lilo and stitch thing. And the one I'm about to do, we, we talked about in our unpopular opinions episode and yeah. it, it kind of falls in the same way, though, not as bad as why why I dislike Pocahontas, but Moana is the one that I think is just overrated. I I, I don't want to say it's a bad movie. I think it's a good movie and I enjoy watching it. Um, you know, I, I I will watch it again, but there's just some dialogue and some interactions that are just really cringeworthy. And I, I, I referenced this in, in that episode. And I'll reference it again. It's the Maui, uh, you know, when you write with a bird, it's called tweeting. It's like, uh, that, that, uh. <laughs> yeah, that won't age well once, you know, if Twitter ever ends up going away, who knows? Yeah, you know? like that, just, when you do, like, like that, when that, you do uh, references like that. Yeah, that, that line just falls flat. And I, there, there's, there's just some stuff that just falls flat for me in the, in the plot line and in the like talking interactions. And then you listen to the music and you're like, oh yeah, like I, I will listen to the Moana soundtrack every single day. I love it. Um, I am a you're welcome fan. Love that song. But just there's there's some yeah, oh my goodness. Yes. It has revolutionized how I be polite to people. What can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod. And but just the movie itself, I, I just think it's it's being put in this. Oh, my gosh, this is such a Disney classic. And well, I, I mean, it's not bad. I, I just don't know if I hold it in as high regard as what a lot of people are holding it in. Fair enough. Well, it is closing time, my friend. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of us, everybody, you can do so on uh, Twitter at beers ears 1928 Instagram at beers ears 1928 Gmail, beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears Podcast. Let's go ahead and raise our glasses up, do a toast. This episode has been on us. Please don't forget to rate and review us and find us and subscribe. New episodes out 
um, uh, every week. So we will see you next time. Have a great uh, rest of your day, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>